Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. I want to have a couple quick testimonies before we get into the word tonight for a, from a couple more teenagers. I'm going to ask Maymay to run up here real quick and testify what the Lord did in his life this last week at camp. Amen. Before he says anything, I want to say how proud I am of him. This guy goes out on Thursday nights and he grabs that microphone and he preaches. And it's, you wouldn't know. I mean, he's so quiet and so reserved, but when he gets that mic, an anointing comes on him. Amen. So we're proud of you. What did the Lord do to you at camp? Uh, he he's done a lot. Like, you know, uh, before the first time I ever went to camp, you know, I never really wanted to go to church or nothing. And after he just helped me grow, and then, you know, when we had outreaches, I had the boldness to actually go up, and you know, like share his word. And then this camp, it just helped me open my eyes more of like many things that uh is preventing me from growing more and uh having a and it just opened my eyes to like how I can build my relationship with him with God and uh you know like it showed me and when Pastor Jose had he had three amazing sermons and you know, it showed, he, he talked about our purpose of being here, and, you know, it just gave me more of a fire to just share his word and uh, grow more with God. Amen. Good word. Amen. That's good. I want to I wanna brag real quick before Elijah comes up. Actually, come on up here, Elijah. You can just stand. They can stare at you longer. So I'm not standing by myself. I want to brag on my brother-in-law. He, he did a tremendous job, not only in the camp. He preached like seven times during the week. And he, he got baptized by fire coming into our fellowship. I mean, he, he had to preach a whole bunch of times. And he had to preach on Sunday morning at the home church. I've been preaching there for 20 years, and I still get nervous. So it's hard. And uh, he did a tremendous job, and we got really good feedback from the people. And so if he's watching tonight, which he should be, Jose, we love you, and we're proud of you, and they're going to be kicking off their first, not official, they're going to have a grand opening in a couple months, but they're kicking off their first service this Sunday, amen? So be praying for God to do great things, amen? This is another teenager. I come over here in the middle for the camera, although we have several. Okay, Elijah, look how tall you are. I've known this guy since, how old are you now? Since he was four. So you've grown a lot. What the Lord do to you in in your life this camp? Um, I know the second service. That's the service that hit me the hardest, cause Pastor Jose, he has said, if you want to be more consistent with your witnessing, you have to lead a godly life. And he gave an example. He said, if you see a dude at the bar, he drank 10 beers, then he go drive 130 in a 90. Is that someone you're going to want to take advice from? Nah, it's not. It's not. That's somebody that's going to get you killed. And I, I'm 
the Wednesday before I, we left to camp, I know JJ, he had, he had invited people from my school. And the double life is something I struggle a lot with. And I saw them, I had the most conviction in my life. I have never had the most conviction because God was telling me, what, what if those are the people that are seeing you, how they see you at school and they, how they see you now? What, what if those are people that want to ask you about God? Then they see you like this and then they see you at school. That, that's the big difference. I decided to give my life to God at camp. No more double. No more double life. And I and I commend you and and to remind you that how blessed you are to have camps, to have John and Ceci, to have your dad who's got the experience of his his life experiences, your mom, and all the people in this church, because there's nothing greater than having an influence on people for Jesus. It's easy to have an influence on drinking and smoking. Everybody does that. But to stand out and be different for the Lord is what the Lord's calling you to do. Yes, Amen. And we believe in you. Amen. You're going to do good. Amen. How many know it's worth sending our kids to camp? Those seeds never, never come back void. I want to preach a message the Lord put on my heart uh, this morning. I was looking at a, at, an, at the Bible app later and realized that uh, one of the verses that I'm going to use was the verse of the day today. I didn't even realize it, so I thought it. I'm in sync with the Bible app as well, with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many would be honest tonight and say sometimes you struggle with your faith? Let me see your hand. You struggle with your faith. Amen. Now, everybody at some moment and some point would raise their hand. Maybe tonight you're here and your faith is at an all-time high and you're not struggling right now. But there will be times in your life where you will struggle with your faith. And, and sometimes it'll be really high and sometimes it'll really be really low. You don't want it to be like that. That's not the goal. But life happens, experiences happen, challenges happen, battles happen, struggles happen, and, and our faith is, is attacked. And so I want to talk tonight about why do we struggle with our faith. And I want to, I want to give you a couple of uh, opportunities to realize two things, just two tonight. I'm going to make it simple. I believe there's two things, two reasons uh, that we struggle with our faith that I want to go over tonight, okay? So we're going to get our Bibles open to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because the first verse I'm going to read is the definition. And you don't have to go there because it's a short verse, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, what is faith? You know, a lot of times we, we, we got to make sure we're not coming to church and some people do. This is sometimes what happens with an Elijah or a Meme or somebody who has, has been. So since, so, so since Elijah was, can remember, now, praise God, Dwayne, amen, he's been in church since he can remember. But not everybody has that advantage. But the disadvantage sometimes is being in church so much is that you can start to go through the motions. You can start to, like I say a lot of times, ride the coattails of your parents and, and think that just because you come to church you're good and all that stuff. And that's not, that's not what it's about. What makes you a Christian, what makes you a believer is not coming to church, is not holding your Bible in your hand. What makes you a believer and a Christian is faith. Faith. It is the core, the essence, the foundation, the bloodstream, the blood flow, the oxygen. It's everything is our faith. 
And so if you don't have faith tonight, you, the Bible says you can't even be saved. It is by faith that we're saved. So faith is very important. So it's one thing we, 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 we've got to learn how to not struggle in. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is this, the assurance of things hoped for, the substance of things hoped for. Faith is something, this is something we've got to understand tonight, faith is something that we're believing for that we don't have yet. What does that mean in the real life tonight? We, we know we're saved, we know we're delivered, we know we're set free, but we haven't made heaven yet. I mean, understand, that's the goal. The goal is to make heaven our home, to be with Jesus for eternity. And so our faith is something that has to be worked on, but we can't even get to heaven if we don't have faith. So it's, it's the substance of something we're hoping for, and it's the evidence, this is the interesting part, the evidence of things we can't see. So we can't see Jesus, we can't see the Holy Spirit, we can't see God in our, in our, in our physical eyes, although we see God everywhere. In his creation, we see God all over the place, just like we see evil everywhere. We see the devil in a lot of things. We see God in all the things. When things are evil and bad and wicked, and you see that's the devil. You see, you see that devil's real. When you look at creation, and you look at a rainbow, and you look at a sunset, and you look at a river, and you look at a baby, and you look at a, all these things, you see God. You see his attributes. But we're believing in something that is eternal life, that we have not yet obtained. So it is a conviction. And in the Greek it talks about the, the word being, it's called P-I-S-T-I-S. I don't want to, I don't want to um, say it wrong. Okay, just try to spell that out in yourself, okay? P-I-S-T-I-S. And it talks about this, a, a conviction, belief with a conviction of trust. So faith is trust. That's very important. I tell you all the time that the key to your faith is trust. Trust is what holds the glue together on your faith. You believe and you say, God, you can do this. And then to pull it through and to, to make it go through, you know what makes you see the miracle? Trust. That God said he would do it. Okay? And, and uh, I, I actually got a wonderful acronym from, from Joshua. Joshua, raise your hand over there. Just let everybody see. Come on, lift it a little bit higher. I want to embarrass you a little bit more. If you haven't talk, met Joshua yet, he's a tremendous young man. Amen. You pay me later for that one. And his wife, Yoshi, they're a blessing to our church, and we're so glad that they're with us. But he, I sent out that text today, and he responded with something that I thought was very powerful. And he's been, he's been serving the Lord a long time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it in this message. That doesn't mean everything you send me I'm going to use in the message, but if I think it's good, I will. But it was an acronym that I thought was really powerful, and he responded back and said, faith is forsaking all, I trust him. Think about that. Forsaking F, all A, I, I, trust T, H, him. Faith is, in all circumstances, I forsake my thoughts, I forsake my perception, I forsake my intellect, I forsake what I see, and I trust him. That's what faith is. You, you, it's easy to have faith when things are good, but how many want to have faith when things are difficult? That's where your real faith comes out. Somebody told me a long time, as a matter of fact, even Pastor Mario, one conference, uh, 
gave me a very big compliment and, and preached a message called PBF, Pastor Blake Faith. And I was telling a, a guy in our church this week that I don't have faith be, without trials. Trials is what makes your faith. The reason I have a lot of faith is because I've had a lot of trials. The reason I have a lot of faith is I've had a lot of circumstances that I've had to believe God through. So if you're going through something tonight that's testing your faith, be thankful. Because if you don't use these muscles, they can't get stronger. The resistance of your faith, of your muscles in working out is what builds that muscle. So when you're having resistance, you should say, this is a great opportunity for me to not struggle in my faith, but grow in my faith. Okay? So I've got two answers for you tonight. You want me to give them to you right now? Then I'll go back and go over them. Number one is, just two, we pay too much attention to what we see. That's why we struggle with our faith. We pay too much attention to what we see. That's number one. Okay? Number two, we don't this is going to sound very simple, but how many know sometimes the, the biggest reasons we struggle with things is because we don't do the basic things? Number two is we don't read the Word enough. We just don't read the Word enough. So I want, you, I want you to think tonight, I believe with all my heart, that if you're struggling in your faith ever, tonight, tomorrow, last week, next year, if you're struggling in your faith, two things are happening. You're looking too much on the circumstances with your physical eyes, and you're not reading the word enough. Okay, so we're going to go back over these. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, here's the first answer. We struggle with our faith because we look too much on this world. Verse 1, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in, and I've got this in the New Living Translation because I like the way this, this talks, this earthly tent. Have you ever considered your body, your life a tent? When it's taken down for the last time, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. Can somebody shout amen for that? An eternal body made for us by God himself. And I'm going to stop here and I don't want to continue to the next verse, please. And not by human hands. Just leave that up there for a second. We know that when this earthly tent we leave with is, that we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. That takes faith to believe that tonight, church, but that verse right there is the core to what, who we, what we believe. Because how many know we're going to die? I got news for you tonight. We're going to die. Or we're going to go in the rapture. And that's our hope. But we're, if, if the Lord, we always say, if the Lord tarries, look at the person next to you and say, one day you're going to die. How I many know that's the truest thing you could possibly say? And, and you might be like someone tonight, Paul Platt and Brenda's mom's not doing well, and she's in her 90s, and she's struggling with life right now. She's lived an amazing life. That... When, she, when that tent is folded down for the last time, Paul, she's, she's already over on the other side. She's already in the, hand, in the place built by God's hands, the place that we're longing to be. And no doubt at this time in her life, she's already wishing to be there. 
and probably in her spirit, is already there. But what a beautiful blessing to live 90 years and live it for the Lord. And have your kids serving God. But then I got news today of someone who died very young. I consider myself to be young. I'm 48 years old. And I found out today that one of our very first converts in our church, I was talking to Pastor Mario about this before church, sometimes you miss things in communication, and I didn't find out till today through his wife. So I had gotten a message and missed it, but this man passed away about a month, month and a half ago and in our church in Costa Rica. Pastor Mario pastored him, Pastor Carlos pastored him, but he was one of our very first converts, him and his wife, and he passed away of a heart attack at 48. Just, that's young. And so we don't know when that earthly tent is going to be taken down. We get up every morning and the tent goes up. But tonight the tent might go down for the last time. And how many know that our, our most important faith is to believe, not here, but here, that when this tent is taken down for the last time, I have full assurance, I have blessed assurance that I'm going to be in the hands of God when I wake up on the other side. That's what our faith is all about. I mean, it's the essence, the belief that this is not it. And that I'm literally just taking off these physical clothes and putting on glory clothes. Where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. And Pastor Carlos was talking, and by the way, Pastor Carlos and Gloria send their greetings tonight to the church from Costa Rica. Amen. From our church in Pavas. I told them to do the same thing to our church in Pavas tonight to say hi from us. And he was sharing me with how, and Pastor Mario was mentioning this before the service, how this, this man, Ricardo, he made a lot of mistakes. He had, he had some ups and downs in his walk with God, but he ended strong. I mean, no, that's the most important thing. I've had so many people on my, on my mind and spirit, and of course this is a constant being a pastor, but people who are backsliding or have backslidden or who have gone away and my heart's been praying for them and they're, they're out doing other things and, and, and they're on that slippery slope. And church, we've got to get back with God. You've got to get right with God. You've got to get your heart right with God because you don't know when the earthly tent's going to be taken down. But he told me a really cool story. He, he was wanting to come to the states as everybody outside the states wants to because of the economy. Even in our inflation, people want to come to this country to work. And he was the Costa Rican economy is struggling right now. It's difficult. And so he wanted to come and come in illegally if he had to and come work here. Very talented in sheetrock and all kinds of painting and construction. And so he was talking to his family and he told Pastor Carlos, he said, I'm going to go and uh, see, see my family in Nicaragua, and then I'm going to go up through Guatemala, and I'm going to come up through Mexico, and I'm going to come to the States, and I'm going to get in, and I'm going to work. That was his plan back in January, just a few months ago. And he got to Nicaragua, and his sister, thank God for praying family members, his sister said, don't go to, don't go to the United States. Everything you need is in Costa Rica. Don't, don't, you're, you're, it's, the United States is not uh, the provider for the world. God is. How many know God is our provider tonight? God is our provider. I'm not your provider. You're not your provider. Your neighbor's not your provider. Even your job's not your provider. God is your provider. So she said, don't, don't go. And she called Pastor Carl and said, Pastor, I'm not going. I'm coming back home. But this was a few months ago. Guess what? He went and saw, he saw his family in Nicaragua, not knowing he was going to die. And he got back 
and he had sold his car because he thought he was coming to the States. He was selling everything. I even got a message from him saying, hey, I'm, I, please pray with me. I, 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 I'm, I'm wanting to come to the States. Things are bad here. I said that same thing to him. Don't put your faith in the United States. So he gets back, gets another vehicle. Just a couple, about a week before he died, gets in the car and goes to the beach with his family. Spends the whole week with his family, hanging out with them and spending time with them. Comes back to church on Sunday and dies of a heart attack Tuesday at 3 o'clock. That's the grace of God. That somebody who has made mistakes and, and not had the perfect walk could get right. And when he died, he was listening to a sermon on his phone. I mean, no, that's a good way to go out right there. Amen. Listening to the word of God while he, was, while he died. Amen. Had a heart, massive heart attack and passed away. Why, why I'm mentioning this because this, this is the, what, what the faith is all about. Let's keep reading here. Verse 2. We grow weary. Why do we struggle in our faith? Because we grow weary in our present bodies. And we long to put on our heavenly bodies like, like new clothing. Let me know that, that I'm a big thrift store shopper. I love thrift store clothes. Most of what I wear, 90% of what I wear is from the thrift store. But there's nothing like putting something on new that no one's ever worn. Like I always say with the thrift stores, once it's worn and you wash it, it's used. So, but there's nothing like getting something new. We're going to put on new clothing on these bodies. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits. Don't think, don't listen to people who say spirits are floating around in the air. He says we will not be spirits without bodies. Let's keep reading. While we live in these earthly bodies, this is what I want to get to. We groan and sigh. Oh, man. Let's just throw it, fill in the blanks. Oh, I got to go to work again. Oh, I got to do this. We groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies because we know that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. How many know every day we're dying? Every day. Remember the message on the countdown? The moment we're born, we're on a countdown. God himself has prepared us for this. You know what this is trying to say? That while we're living and while we're going towards death, eventually dying, he wants us to have faith to believe where we're going. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident even though we know, watch this, that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. And I like that verse better in the King James. I liked all the rest in the New, New, in New Living. But that says what most people of us know. We walk by faith, not by sight. How many have heard that verse before? So that's number one. That's what you got to, that's the key. We walk by faith, not by sight. So if you're struggling in your faith, you're looking too much at the things with your physical eyes. You're seeing the circumstances too much from what is going on around your life. We pay too much attention to what we see or what we don't see. Exodus chapter 32. Here's a great example in the Old Testament. Powerful example of how we have to be careful 
not to get our eyes on the wrong things. So if we're not putting our eyes on things that give us faith, then we can begin to put our eyes on things that would tear our faith down. Or we can say, well, I don't see God here. Watch this good right here. This is for somebody. I don't see God moving, so I need to go take control of this myself. Watch this. This is the meat of the message right here. I don't see God showing up. I don't see God. I, I don't. What? A, so, and we don't do it on purpose. But let me let me let me do something here. Let me intervene. It's a dangerous thing to do, because when you are intervening, you are not exercising faith. And when you are not exercising faith, you are not pleasing God. How I many know the Bible says in that same chapter of Hebrews eleven? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you want to please God, you got to not struggle with your faith. And if you don't want to struggle with your faith, you got to get your eyes on Jesus and not the circumstances. And especially when it seems like God's not moving. Anybody ever had a moment like that? Moments like that? Where's God at? God, where are you at? You can say it, you can wonder it, but don't believe it. Trust and believe that God is moving and this is, where, this is where you get into the heroes and the hall of faith is when you believe when nobody else is believing. When you believe when it looks like it's at its worst. And it's not about standing up in front of people and telling people, kind of like Elijah was saying with a double life, standing and telling people what they need to hear or want to hear. It's really believing it in your heart when nobody's around. So look at this story. Now, when the people, verse 1, Exodus 32, saw that Moses delayed, he's up on the mountain, he's getting the Ten Commandments. They had to see Moses. When he delayed, the people gathered to Aaron and said, Come, make us gods that shall go before us and ask for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Many people, without saying it in their spirit, say, this God I believe in, where is he? Might not just clearly out say that right there. Where's God? But you're thinking it. Aaron says, where is this Moses? And Aaron said, break off your golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters. Don't get no idea, sons. That was Old Testament. And bring them to me. Amen? So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. What he's doing right here is he's saying, I'm struggling with my faith. I can't see what I need to see, so I'm going to make something happen. And they said, this is your God, O Israel. Look at this. Who was it that brought them out of Israel, out of Egypt? God. With all the plagues and all the miracles, and all of a sudden they can't see Moses, so they turn to these other gods. It's amazing to me how quickly somebody can get saved and have God moving in their life and give them favor and give them a job and give them a marriage and give them miracles and give them all these things, how quickly they can turn away from God when they don't see what they think they should see. It's amazing. This is your God, O Israel. Back, go back for a second. That brought, we've got to finish that part, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now they're giving the glory to this other God. 
that they just made. If you were to stop and look sometimes, if we, let me put that, if we were to stop and look sometimes at the things we do, it would be foolish. They just, I mean, how foolish is it? I can tell you one thing I've never done is worshipped anything I made. I mean, come on. You can admire it. Think, man, that was pretty good. I just did a little add-on in my house, and when I look at it, I'm like, that looks pretty good. But I don't worship it. I don't put it anywhere near God because God gave me the power and the wisdom to be able to build a wall. Amen? Are you all with me? But they all of a sudden don't see God. They make a golden calf with the earrings from their bodies, and then they say, this is the God that brought us out. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Look how fast your faith can be shaken if you get your eyes off of Jesus. You get your eyes on the wrong people. You get your eyes on the wrong things. And he received the gold from their hand. He fashioned it with an engraving. Oh, we already read that. Sorry. Next verse, please. So when, when Aaron saw it, you know, what should Aaron have done? Stop. This is a mistake. I, we shouldn't have done this. I was in the flesh. But he didn't. He said, let's make a proclamation. Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. And when they rose early on the next day, they offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. These are things that they're supposed to do to God. And they're doing it to this idol. And, and let me just make this clear for you. This, what's the idol of our lives today? Anything that takes the place of God. You don't think we have idols? Lots of idols. All of us. Things we put in the place of God. And it says, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Isn't it amazing how quickly we can fall apart in our faith by getting our eyes off of Jesus? So here's the thing. I wrote this down. We always get ourselves in trouble when we do our own thing. We always get ourselves in trouble when we do our own thing. How many know God's got a plan? God's got a purpose. God's got provision. God's got everything under control. He's just sitting back waiting to see how much we trust him, how much we have faith in him. And sometimes he will allow, not sometimes, many times, he will allow things to get bad, things to get ugly, things to get shaky. And he sits back and he says, I can't wait. And you know what? He believes in us. I can't wait for my son and my daughter to express faith in this situation. I can't wait for them to do the right thing in this situation. Amen. He's waiting for us to just say, God, you got this. And sometimes, unfortunately, we get our eyes off of the Lord and we do our own thing. And God just sits back and goes like this. Oh. Why did you do that? Free will. But how many know... We can keep our eyes on the Lord. We can trust his provision. We can trust his plan. And in the shaky times, we can say God is up to something. My God came through last time. He's going to come through again. My God came through the last ten times. He's going to come through again. I'm not going to put my eyes on the circumstances. I'm not going to put my eyes on what I can see. I'm going to put my eyes on what I, I see in the spirit. And that's by faith alone. 
Romans, here's number two. We don't read the word enough. Romans 10, 17. Who can quote it? Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. How many, can I get people who would participate tonight? How many would like to have more faith? Or if we want to term it correctly and biblically, use more faith. We already have the measure of faith, the Bible says. How many would like to use all of the faith, all the faith that God's given you? Can you imagine what we could do if we used all the faith that God's given us? You know, they say we only use a very small percentage of our brain. I bet Christians use a very small percentage of their faith. Amen? Would you agree with that? So if you want more faith, let's go to a faith conference. Let's go fast for 25 days. Let's go give everything we have to the poor. Those are all good things. But what does the Bible tell us gives us faith? Faith comes by going to a conference. Faith comes by fasting for 25 days. Those are good things. Faith comes by giving all your money away. Faith comes by all these other things we do. What does it come by? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Second reason we struggle with our faith, and this isn't in order because it's probably number one, really, is we don't read the Bible enough. We don't read the Bible enough. Maybe we, ju- and this isn't for condemnation, it's just the truth. Oh, my pastor, my faith is struggling. I just don't feel like I have any faith. I just don't. Well, are you, you know what, when people tell me that, there's no way. Listen, there's no way. Say there's no way with me. There's no way you can be reading your Bible and not have faith. It's because you're not reading the Word. And, and it doesn't count, church, to read the verse I send you every day. That's cheating. I mean, what if you didn't even read that? That'd be bad. I'd hate to know how many of you didn't even read the verse today, the one verse that I sent. And that's great that you read it, and my whole idea with sending you a verse every day is to get you going. That you would take that verse and maybe read that whole chapter. But church, it's the truth. We've got to understand, when our faith is struggling, we're not reading the Bible enough. When we read the Bible, faith arises in us. Faith grows in us. Something happens inside of our lives, and we begin to do this. We, we don't long, any longer let circumstances that we see affect our faith. See how they work hand in hand? When I'm reading the word, my faith is high. When I'm expressing faith, I'm not looking at what I think should happen. I'm not looking on the things around me that are failing. I'm saying God is above all these things. My faith is above all these things. If we could have a faith meter tonight, would you like to see your faith meter? I would. I'd like to see what my faith meter is. What, how much am I using of my faith? And if it wasn't 100% or at least 90%, then I would say, God, I, wanna, I need to get more into your word. And as I get more into your word, that's going to go up. But here's the thing. Faith without works is dead. So we got a lot of people who have, I, I know lots of people who have their Bible totally outlined, totally marked. Can't even quote scripture. So they're doing the reading part, but they're not, they're not doing the doing part. James says, what good does it do to be a hearer of the word only? 
the Bible challenges us to not only be hearers, but to be what? Hacedores. Doers of the word. We need to do. Faith without works is dead. He says, you show me your faith without works and, 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 and show me what you get with that, and I'll show you what I can get with my faith and my works. In other words, I read it and then I apply it. I don't just read it. I read it and then I apply it. I put it into action. How many people do you think re- watch Instagram posts about people in the gym? And they want to get fit. They want to, they want to be strong. They want to be muscular. And they watch videos all day long, YouTube videos, Instagram videos of people that are fit. And they go, man, I want to be that. And they never go to a gym. Right? Don't you think there's a lot of people like that? Maybe there's some in here. Maybe all of us at some point do that. That's, that's why those people make the money at 3 o'clock in the morning. With the TV commercials, where you can just put the machine on your abs, and it shakes while you sleep, and you wake up with a six-pack. A lot of Christians maybe go to sleep at night, and they put the Bible over their chest, and that's good. It's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe listen to the Bible all night long to sleep, and that's great. You're getting the Word in you, but are you doing something with the Word? If you're struggling... Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God, and then we do what the word tells us. Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And here's the breakdown of everything I'm talking about right now in this verse. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. As the musicians begin to come, listen to this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What does that mean? There's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. Are you struggling with your faith tonight? Guess what's winning? The flesh. There's no other way around it. If your faith is strong tonight, you're walking in the spirit. If your faith is struggling tonight and it's low, You're walking in the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus was teaching those disciples, come and pray with me just for an hour if you can. And he looks over and they're all knocked out. I don't know how many of our guys sleep on Friday morning for prayer, but at least they're here. Amen? At least they're here. Better to be sleeping in the sanctuary and sleeping in the bed. Come on, guys. Can I get an amen? I'm just messing with you. That's why I get on my knees, because I'm in pain. It just keeps me awake. So write this down to close. When we are doubting and lacking in faith, we're feeding our flesh. When we are doubting and lacking in faith, We're feeding our flesh. Has God changed? Has God's words changed? We've changed. We've got to get back into the word. The best thing you can do if you're struggling tonight with your faith or with your relationships or with your finances or whatever you're facing is get back into the word. 
Church, it's great that we have church on Wednesday night, and we have church on Sunday, and we have small groups, and we have breakaway, and we have discipleship, and we have ladies' meetings, and we have all these opportunities. That's great. But you got to be doing the daily thing, too. These are all things to try to keep you busy and keep you going. But you, there's nothing like you reading the word for yourself and sitting there and going, hallelujah. That's a revelation for me right there. Yes, Lord, speak, Holy Spirit. Psalms 119, 105, before we pray. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That goes before me. See, we, th there's never a time we don't need the word to be our lamp. You think lamp and you think nighttime. But you've got to understand the Bible says that we live in a world that is darkness. So it's always dark. In this world, in the spiritual world, it's always dark. So we need that lamp to our feet all the time. Not just at night, during the day, all the time. When we don't have that lamp in front of us, what are we going to do? We're going to run into things. We're going to go the wrong way. We're going to do our own things. We're going to go make a golden calf, start worshiping it. We're going to say, well, I, I can't afford to miss, you know, miss work. Or I can't afford, sorry, to, to not tithe. Or I can't afford to, to I, I got to work this weekend so I can, instead of coming to church. Or you start doing these things on your own and, and go back to the word. Do what the word says and your faith will be strong. Amen. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit helping tonight. Why do we struggle? Because we get our eyes off of you. Why do we struggle? Because we don't read the word enough. It's the truth. Lord, tonight as we want all of, all of us want our faith to be at 100%, to be using it the way you want us to use it, we have got to read your word. We've got to study your word. We've got to understand that, like you said, man shall not live by bread alone or by flesh, by our carnal desires, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And God, tonight my struggles can be defeated by the word of God. My circumstances can be defeated by the word of God. The, the, the word of God will always defeat my circumstances. The circumstances cannot affect the word of God. But God's word can affect my circumstances. All across this place tonight, Lord, lift up the faith of these men and women, these young people tonight. Let them understand that what really pleases you is when we trust you and we have faith in circumstances where it seems like there's no way you can come through. And we say, God, I trust you. I know you're going to come through in this job situation. I know you're going to come through in this marital problem I got. I know you're going to come through in this school situation. I know you're going to come through in helping me be the greatest witness that I can be. I know, God, I have faith. And when we do that, it pleases the Lord. I know we want to please the Lord tonight. Here's some reasons tonight to work on if, why we struggle in our faith. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. All over this place tonight, you know, I, I try to keep the mentality that every time I preach could be my last time. We need to wake up every morning in the morning, not, not afraid, but say, Lord, today could be my last day on this earth. Let me do everything I can for you. And not only let me do everything I can, let me live my life as unto you. Holy and acceptable I make myself a living sacrifice. 
I honor you with everything I am. I honor you with my words. I honor you with my thoughts. Transform my mind tonight, Holy Spirit. As you're in this place tonight, understand tomorrow is not promised to anyone. How many in this place tonight can say, I don't know the Lord. I don't know personally the Jesus that you're talking about. I've heard of him. You might even believe in him. But do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you put your faith in who Jesus Christ is? The work of Jesus on the cross. That he came down and lived a perfect life for us so that we could be forgiven. Have you put your faith, your belief, your hope in the fact that that man Jesus died on the cross and took all of our sins away when he shed his blood? Have you put your faith, your belief, 100% in the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Have you put your faith, your belief, all of your heart into the fact that he ascended into heaven and he's coming back again? That's what matters tonight. If you're here tonight, how many all over this place could say, I've never put my faith, I've never believed in what you just said, and tonight the Lord's calling me, and I want to do it. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all across this place. I've never said that prayer. Just put it up. Put it right back down. Maybe you're here tonight and you said that prayer at some point. At some moment you said that prayer, but tonight your life, and you know it, not me, you know it, your life's not lining up with the way God wants you to live. You, you're, 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 you're not doing it on purpose, but you're making that golden calf right now. You're, you're idolizing or worshiping other things. Other things are coming into your life, and they've become more important. And as, as, as Revelation says, Jesus says, you've lost your first love. I'm not number one anymore. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. How many honest hearts could say, Pastor, that's me tonight. I'm, I'm, I want to come back to my first love. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. I'm, I want to come home. I want to rededicate my life. I want to say, Lord, tonight, thank you for this service that's got my attention because tonight might be the last night I live. And if it's not for death, I've got people I've got to change. I've got people I've got to tell about Jesus. There are people in this neighbor, my neighborhood, in my school, in my workplace that need Jesus. And I need to be the full man of faith for them tonight that I need to be, full woman of faith that I need to be. Let's stand all across this place tonight. Maybe in your circumstance right now, you, don't, you didn't do it on purpose. How many know that good intentions are good intentions? We don't make bad choices usually, especially serving God, on purpose. We make bad choices. We don't seek counsel sometimes. We, we get in our flesh Instead of being in the spirit, and we start, as that verse said there, we start to make a golden calf. And maybe you didn't even realize it until the Holy Spirit spoke to you. How many are thankful that you come to a church and you come to a service and you hear a word that gets your attention? That might save you from something. It might not be intentional, but you're, you're drifting. Pastor Paul preached that message a couple months ago, or beginning of this month, actually. You're drifting. Don't drift away. I almost preached tonight a message, and maybe I'll preach in the next few weeks. It was kind of what I started off with praying, and then the Lord led me to this, was we don't take church serious enough. We don't realize that one service 
Missing one service could be the word. How many times have you heard me say that? Could be the word that saves me. That keeps me from that next wrong decision I'm going to make. That church, there might not be a turnaround from. Might be the next step of that slippery slope where there is no coming back. And that message, you, you fight your flesh to get to church. You say, I'm not going to miss. I don't feel like going. I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel. Feelings are fickle. Don't go by your feelings. The Bible didn't say that the just shall live by feelings. It says the just shall live by faith. And you got here tonight. Maybe you're on a path right now making some bad decisions, and you just say, Lord, I'm sorry for that. God can turn it right back around. God can get you off that slippery slope and put you on solid ground. Solid ground. Solid foundation. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.